0: Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacey, and today we're doing our first remake on this podcast. We are going to be talking about the 2007 Rob Zombie remake of Halloween. Behind these eyes, one finds only darkness. I'm joined by our Halloween correspondent, Derek Kubitschek. Derek, how are you doing? Doing pretty good.
1: I want to make a joke about Rob Zombie's music in relation to this movie, but this movie was just wild, wasn't it? Isn't it? It's weird. It's different. You
0: haven't seen anything yet. That is scary in, yeah. its, in its own way. Halloween 2 the Halloween 2 remake is a trip that's all I'll say about that but yeah you haven't seen anything yet oh yeah what did you think about this remake you weren't a, you weren't a, you haven't been a big fan of this series as a whole you've liked a couple of them along the way you like exactly two I want to say Halloween 4 and Halloween 7 that that that's fair I I've actively liked
1: them 8 was bad 6 was bad 5 was real bad I I really don't like 3 I'm going to say I like the original better than this remake. Really? And this one shot better. It's exactly what you said. You said it was going to be made in that more modern feel, dark, gritty style, use of shadow, low camera angles. Like, all of that was incredible. But overall, I, I just felt this weird disconnect with the movie. hmm I I can't really explain it. I mean, for one, the Michael Myers origin story that was basically the origin story that nobody asked for. Mm-hmm. It's a common complaint. the The only origin story that has been more pointless is Han Solo. Sure. That that is the only origin story I wanted less than this one. Okay. That of of the cinematic histories that I've seen. Point being, this the whole first forty minutes of the movie felt unnecessary, mm-hmm. and then everyone was so. Over excited in this movie. I don't even <laughs> like.
0: I, I don't even. I don't Welcome even. Welcome to Rob Zombie movies.
1: I I don't like. Everyone was just so over the top all the time, and nothing was
0: at a five.
1: Everything was like a, a ten. Yep. And it was just different. So even though cinematically, I liked it a lot better. I think I like the movie, the first one, the original, overall, and I
0: definitely like the OG Laurie Strode infinitely better. Okay. That's interesting. I I really you know, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I just wasn't expecting you to have these takes. I was I was fully expecting you to say, Oh, this is way better than the original or something like that. You
1: know, this movie feels like the the movie that had the big budget but didn't get almost anything else right. I I do think the Michael Myers, the fully adult Michael Myers in this movie, is more terrifying
0: than the original. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but uh, in my opinion, Tyler Mayne is the best Michael Myers. Yeah, I I guess I don't know if that's a hot take, but that's my take.
1: Well, he definitely looks the part.
0: Oh, absolutely. And
1: uh, the fits of rage in this one were, in my opinion, a lot more indicative of his character. They leave a lot of it to the imagination. They show him pinning someone to the wall with a knife. But in this one, it was like... I, I don't know. They could really display it. They could really showcase it. And there was they, no subtlety this time. Oh, definitely not. And like we just said, Rob Zombie, everything is a 10. Well, Michael Myers is a 10. Yep. That was a very good portrayal. But yeah. I think it was everything around Michael Myers that... Adult Michael Myers
0: that fell, fell short for me. Interesting. Uh, I think this movie's okay. I, I like the first half of this movie, all the backstory. I know we don't need it, but do we need any movie? <laughs> but no, well, no it, i not i it, get it yeah it felt disjointed sure it, that's absolutely true
1: so i mean for example if this had been hannibal lecter i think is the prequel to that just Lecter, the, the or hannibal the, no that would be hannibal rising is the prequel hannibal rising so that whole movie was about you know young hannibal lecter Yep. i was convinced that was what this whole movie was going to be because mm-hmm. the first 40 minutes was like 10 year old michael yep and so when all of a sudden they're like fifteen years later, I'm like, did we really just spend thirty three percent of our movie like fifteen years ago? Oh, it's more than that, more than thirty three percent. It's it, so it was just yeah, it was disjointed. It was almost like uh, you were watching a play.
0: Yeah, no, that is a fair critique. I hear a lot. of, You know, it's it's two two movies. It feels like it's two movies strung together. I prefer the first half. I, I don't again. I don't know if that's a hot take. I I enjoy the first half of this movie for what it is. That you know, it's something different. I like it. I think it's creepy. Uh, the second half is just kind of like, okay, it's the same movie, just dialed up to 10. And so the, I don't find the second half of the movie all that interesting for the most part. It has a couple of moments that I like, but uh, I prefer the first half.
1: You know, and I'll, and I'll walk it back quickly so I don't spend much more time on this. I agree with you. I like the first half better, but because of where the movie ends up, it just feels like the whole first half was unnecessary. Sure. I just wish they would have picked one side to go with. And I can't believe I'm arguing the, the,
0: the simplicities and the intricacies of a Halloween movie with you. Hey, you're learning. You're becoming one of us. Oh, don't say that out loud. Oh, it's happening. So the point of this podcast is we're trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies. And you can check out our current list of 41 rules on our Twitter account at How Horror. That's how the number two horror. Uh, Check that out. You can see where we are at. And we're going to go ahead and go through all the beats and the plots and the characters and everything of this movie and try and see if we need to add any new rules to this one, which would be interesting if we did because it's a remake. Like, you'd think we'd already have covered all this, but we'll see. Let's go. Spoiler alert. So, if you haven't seen Halloween the remake, I'd recommend it. I think it's okay as far as horror remakes go. I think it's one of the better ones. Check it out. Might be your cup of tea, might not be. If you've made it this far in the series, you might as well keep going. By all means, don't stop here. We're we're, we're through the worst of it. So, you know, don't worry anymore for the most part. Check it out. Uh, Anyway, let's get into the remake of Halloween. Okay, so the movie begins with a young 10-year-old Michael Myers, and we actually get to see quite a bit of his personality this time around. And his face. And his face. You know, we see him playing with a rat at first. He seems like a nice enough kid in the first first scene, which that'll change. It is kind of eerie because there's a lot of scenes in this movie where he seems like the most like nice kid in the world, and that, that is a little bit disturbing. That's one thing I like about the movie. It's like, oh, man, this is a little chilling. Yeah, you never know. But then we're introduced to the rest of the Myers family. Uh, We have the mom, Deborah Myers, who's played by Rob Zombie's wife, Sherry Moon Zombie. She's a stripper. There's her boyfriend, Ronnie, who's just the biggest piece of shit ever. There's, and then then, uh, Michael's two sisters, his older sister, Judith, who's kind of a bitch, but like just like a teenager kind of bitch.
1: She's a teenager with some freedom who has uh, a handcuff,
0: which is her little brother. Yep. And then there's Angel, who is a little baby. But this family sucks. This, this family is absolute
1: trash. You you made a joke during the movie that it's, ah, Rob Zombie movie. So we're
0: going to have these type of characters. That is true of basically every Rob Zombie movie. I I think there's one that isn't like this, but I haven't seen that one. But of the four Rob Zombie movies I've seen, they're all like this. And I'm guessing it's just an attempt to portray
1: a very rough home life. Yeah yeah oh yeah absolutely that like that's how you want to set up all those characters yep
0: none of these characters are likable they all suck
1: yeah it's like the the mom
0: is okay but she's an an enabler she enables ronnie ronnie's straight up abusive and a creep absolutely god ronnie sucks yeah you yeah you you know that he's not gonna make it far good uh so then we see michael killing his mouse his pet mouse so right off the bat we're like oh this kid is murdering animals that's great so for the mouse, I really don't have anything
1: to say here. I what mean, can you do if you're a mouse? Yeah, <laughs> Life's not fair, is it? <laughs> if you um, get that
0: five points to Gryffindor. So Michael also likes to wear masks. And he spends a lot of this first act wearing a creepy clown mask, which is much more terrifying than the Michael Myers mask, I will say.
1: And it's reminiscent of little Michael in the original wearing yep. the clown mask. Yeah,
0: this was way creepier.
1: Intentionally, Rob yep. Zombie.
0: So at school, Michael is bullied by this kid named Wesley, who is played by... Uh, junie from spy kids junie from spy kids which is very funny and he's got a foul mouth it's
1: it's really weird because i've only ever seen him in spy kids and then in one other
0: rando movie and then in this one he expletives yeah oh so many this movie is seriously not safe for work not at all but yeah what wesley's bullying the crap out of him And they end up getting in a fight, and the principal walks in on them and breaks it up. But Michael just starts swearing at the principal, so that's not helping. He's like, dude, this guy just come in and saved your ass. Why are you swearing at him for? Because, kids. (laughs) Right off the bat for Wesley, rule number three, don't be a menace. Don't beat up kids. Don't be a bully. Yeah. Seriously, picking on someone you never know when they're going to turn out to be a psycho and just murder you, because that's exactly what's going to happen to Wesley. I mean, think about uh,
1: that that movie, Billy Madison. Which I've never seen. Steve Buscemi is keeping a list of people to kill. Oh! Steve Buscemi was a bullied character from uh, Billy Madison's actual time in school, and he's keeping a list of people to kill. And Billy Madison apologizes, and Steve Buscemi, very famously, crosses his name... Off the list.
0: Okay, but there was a
1: list of many other people oh on. Uh, there, there's a bunch of other people on that list. A real Arya Stark. Exactly. So that's the lighthearted version. This is not. This is the 2007 Rob Zombie. Yeah. There's nothing good that comes out of yeah. being a bully.
0: Don't be. A, don't be a menace. Don't be a dick. Don't. Be, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. I like that. Well said, Ryan. Um I, I can't take credit for that. That is frequent uh, guest on the podcast. That's from Jordan Ryan. Uh, So I will give him credit for that. Uh, Thank you, Jordan, for giving me that. And thank you for outshining me, even though I'm the guest here. I appreciate it. Jordan's the best guest on this podcast without even being here. So Dr. Sam Loomis gets called in to talk to Michael's mom, Deborah, about all this crap. And basically they found a dead cat and photos of dead animals in his backpack. Rule number one of surviving a horror movie is realizing that you're in one. If you have a kid that is murdering animals and taking pictures of dead animals on your hands, guess what? You're in a horror movie. At
1: best, you are in... I don't even know what kind of movie this would be in a best-case scenario.
0: No, best-case scenario, this is the very beginning, and this is your chance to stop it. That's very true.
1: And, you know, you, you can't be afraid to take
0: steps. Yep. And Deborah is very reluctant. She's like... This kind of almost like this is my kid's fault it, making excuses. Yeah. And it, honestly, it, it
1: feels very much like you're Millie's helicopter parent or, yeah. or you're, you Millie's parent. That's not owning up. Yeah. My kid makes no mistakes, does
0: no wrong. Guess what? You may think your kid is perfect. They're not perfect. Your kid sucks. i'm talking to everybody out there your kid sucks (laughs) kids are undeveloped humans they're they're humans with no empathy they're absolute monsters now granted most of them aren't murdering animals but they still suck and they don't know any better so uh assume the worst in your children it's the that's the right (laughs) way to go it's usually pretty spot on you can tell that ryan doesn't like kids (laughs) He's, he's not a fan no i'm not a fan he'd rather watch halloween 8 yeah that's true than watch a kid That's true, Uh, yeah. I I would rather sit through Halloween 8 than babysit. Which is smart, because babysitters don't have a good uh, life expectancy in this series. No, or in any horror series ever. (laughs) So anyway, Michael ends up running away, because Loomis wants to evaluate Michael, which is the right call, definitely needs to be evaluated. But Michael takes off running, and ends up following Wesley into the woods, and gets the jump on him, hits him with a tree tree branch, and basically just beats him to death.
1: And this is Junie, by the way. Yeah, this
0: is Junie. Uh, Spy kids, more like... Die kids, yep. That, that's what I made said earlier. Um, yeah, so Wesley Wesley gets killed here, he's the first victim. Um, he never had the chance to know he was in a horror movie until he was hit with a tree branch. At that point, he was done, no chance. But rule number three, don't be a menace. Don't be a menace. It's really that simple. Uh, you bully someone, one of these days they're gonna fight back.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's a weird hybrid of learn from past events, but it's like anticipate future events. Yep. <laughs> Th- this has no happy ending.
0: Yep. I guess this is an- another rule. Rule number 32 is play stupid games and win stupid prizes. Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 32. Yeah, if you bully someone, they're going to bully you back and <laughs> maybe kill you. So Michael goes home and uh, Ronnie is giving Michael a hard time, like kind of ripping on him for, oh, you killing animals, you psycho? Okay, but rule number one, Ronnie, you're in a horror movie. <laughs> you're living in the same house with a kid who's murdering animals. Deborah, Ronnie, and Judith should all know they're in a horror movie and none of them really realize it.
1: It might be something to do with the alcohol.
0: Yeah, that that's maybe an excuse for Ronnie, but the oh, other two aren't drinking.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely not. I think it's. You said it earlier. He, there are times in this movie where he is completely normal mm-hmm. and and isn't exhibiting any signs of any kind of uh, psychotic behavior. Psychotic behavior. So they probably just know Michael as Michael. And the rule of movies is, don't show us the boring stuff. Show us right when stuff is about to get real. So this is probably the beginning.
0: It's probably be. relatively new. But if you know someone who's murdering animals, that is the biggest red flag.
1: No, that's fine. There, There's no excuse. Yep. You're in some kind of movie, and it's yep. not a happy one. It's this, not a good one. If you're not in a Hallmark movie, you might need to take some
0: steps. Sure. Deborah's going to let Michael go trick-or-treating, which I'm like, okay should he really but basically i think her plan was tomorrow things are going to change she's going to take some steps this is michael's last night of fun for a while and she says that yeah and so i kind of get it but still though but whatever
1: (laughs) it's it's almost a, a very grotesque foreshadowing like all right michael well
0: tomorrow the 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 everything changes gauntlets
1: are getting thrown down so make sure you get it out of your system tonight okay
0: and he does not so then judith's boyfriend steve comes over and steve seems nice enough he's like the one nice character in this intro He's fine. He's fine. He's a normal dude. Yep. Kind of grungy looking, but <laughs> I like every other character in this movie. Classic early 90s. Deborah goes to work, and uh, Judith refuses to take Michael trick-or-treating. He's got to go on his own. Instead, she and Steve go have sex. And Steve brought over this Halloween mask, which is the Michael Myers mask, to wear. Will they, will they do it? Which is, that's, that's a weird fetish. I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael gets home, and Ronnie is passed out. And so he gets some duct tape and a knife. Ties up Ronnie with a duct tape because he's been drinking and slits his throat. So I got to go back to the uh, the Randy Meeks rules. Don't drink or do drugs in a horror movie. This <laughs> this is an example. Ronnie knew he was in a horror movie and chose to get drunk and passed out. Rule number two, constant vigilance. Rule number three. Don't be a menace. rule number four, don't be a menace. Wait, raw oh shit. Huh. This whole time we were saying rule number three. Rule number four, don't be a menace. Uh, I misspoke earlier. We are hacks. We are hacks. You more so. This is your podcast. I, I obviously have dyslexia. Uh, so rule number four, don't be a menace. Rule number two, constant vigilance. And Ronnie failed to know who's in a horror movie. Rule number one. Well, and also he was bullying the kids, so we've got ourselves a 2 4 here. Yeah, rule number two, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. All in all, just a mess around for Ronnie. Good riddance.
1: Yeah, he he doesn't make it long. He's probably worse than the, uh, is it the stepdad and is it six?
0: Yeah, he's definitely worse than the stepdad in six. Yeah. Yeah. Because that guy's like... A, at least that guy's making money for the family. What's that, Ronnie doing? That guy's
1: like a hands-off like a emotional abuser. Like a hands-off emotional abuser. And then this guy is a hands-on physical abuser as well as an emotional abuser. No,
0: Ron, I guess in 6, John did hit his daughter. Um, oh, did he? Yeah. I, I so don't they recall. both are both physical abusers. But at least John's making money. Ugh, I just think they're both scummy then. If, oh,
1: if, I mean, if, if, it's, if it's all happening, I'm just... Michael Myers, you, you you did the world right. Yeah. on this oh, one. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. You know, so far the people Michael's chosen as victims, spot on. I'm fine with it. <laughs> well, and I
1: think that's a part. It almost felt like it was a part of the origin story. Okay. People but, who deserve it are going to get it. But then, but that's, that's going to change immediately.
0: So Judith puts on some headphones, listens to music. While Steve goes into the kitchen to make a sandwich, and Steve has no idea what's going on. He doesn't know about the animals, probably. At least we haven't seen him be yeah. told about it. He has no reason to suspect he's in a horror movie. No. Uh, Michael sneaks up on him and kills him with a baseball bat. Brutal kill, too. Yeah. So I have absolutely nothing for Steve. Didn't know he was in a horror movie. Nothing. Now, I will say I will say that uh, Halloween 1, Ryan would say, It's Halloween. You gotta be yes." suspecting of spooky things. Yes, and uh, there's a point in that earlier. Later on, uh, one of the characters is gonna say, A lot of weirdos come out, or a lot of nut jobs come out on Halloween, which is true. Uh, absolutely true, but in this case, Michael's already in the house. It's his house. What are you gonna do? Right. So, you know, nothing I can say for Steve, really. So Michael goes upstairs. He puts on the Michael Myers mask for the first time. He tickles Judith a little bit, and she turns around to see him. And he won't respond to her when she's asking, like, what the fuck are you doing in my room? And so she slaps him a couple of times, and Michael just stabs her with a knife. And she just kind of, like, stumbles out into the hallway, and Michael comes behind her and stabs her to death. She doesn't, like, do anything. She just gets stabbed. Maybe three. Well, or four. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Rule number four, don't be a menace. You know, don't hate your brother. But rule 17 is never give up. The next thing you try my work, she just kind of gives up and gets stabbed. She doesn't do anything. Well, and the thing is, is that somehow she gets up and she walks out into the hallway.
1: I mean, Michael's not a big kid. You could throw your body weight on someone his size. Yeah. And you know what? You're probably going to bleed out on him anyway, but you, you didn't do anything. Did,
0: did nothing. You're it, pretty useless here. Try something. Like, th- this is your life. Throw something at him. I, I don't know. The uh, orange. The, the kid's ten. Toss him down the stairs. Just yeet him over the railing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, she had no problem hitting him. Yeah. Before she got stabbed. Yeah. What the hell?
0: This is the inconsistencies. If you're gonna hit your brother, make sure you do it after he stabbed you. That. There you go. That's the perfect time. Whatever. But she ends up dying. Michael approaches Angel, the baby, and you're like, oh no. But he just takes his mask off. Deborah gets home and she finds Michael sitting outside holding Angel. And the police all arrive, and yep, bodies everywhere. Cut two. 11 months later, we're at Smith's Grove uh, Mental Hospital. Michael's been found guilty. He's got to stay at Smith's Grove. Uh, Dr. Loomis, who, by the way, is played by the excellent, excellent Malcolm McDowell, who, if anybody in the world could play Dr. Loomis besides Donald Pleasance, it's Malcolm McDowell. He's so good. He was, a, he was an adequate replacement. Dude, okay, you are underselling him. Dude, he's so good. He was good. Thank he, you. he was good. Yeah, Matt, Malcolm McDowell's the best. I love him. He's gonna Doctor Loomis is gonna be Michael's doctor, and Michael seems like totally normal. He doesn't remember the kills. He's like, yeah, I didn't do that. That wasn't me. That is so disturbing. <laughs> this is why I like this part of the movie. It's like, wow, that's chilling. Yeah, and if you've ever seen pretty much any courtroom drama show
1: ever, there's always a couple of these episodes interspliced between, you know, the twenty five seasons where someone is pleading insanity and they don't remember or it was in a fit of rage that these things happened and they don't have any memory of it. Law and order. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Michael, do you remember killing your family? Mister, I don't remember a thing. (laughs) Are they doing okay?
0: Yep, because then Deborah comes to visit him and he's like, how's everybody at home doing? Just complete denial about what he did. And then we meet uh, Danny Trejo is in this movie as well, very briefly. But his character is a guy named Ishmael and he, he works at Uh, the hospital, he's an orderly and he tries to live Michael's spirit and he's like, Hey, you know, I get it. I've been behind walls before implying that's prison. Yep. You know, it'll drive you nuts, but just like learn to live inside your head. Nothing can like restrict you there. And I, you know, I think Ishmael means really well, but I think this is going to send Michael down a dangerous path. Well, I think it's why he doesn't talk. Yeah. He's because if he's
1: living up there, no one can tell him how to live. No one can try to fix him.
0: So, I I, I I appreciate his intentions, but I think he caused some harm here. I think he made things worse. Probably so. And by the way, they're just bringing over everybody from Spy Kids. Yeah,
1: Machete. So, we just need uh, Alexa Vega yeah. and uh, Antonio, Antonio Banderas. Banderas
0: and uh, uh, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle, everyone. So, Michael, at this point, he starts making masks. And then one day we see him have a complete meltdown because he wants to leave Smith's Grove, which is fair, but... He's, Dr. Loomis is like, yeah, you did some terrible shit, so yeah, you can't leave. Sorry, kid.
1: And uh, now, I can't believe I'm coming to Michael's defense on this one, but if he has no memory of what he's doing and he wakes up every day being punished for a thing that he doesn't remember, that sucks. this is one of those ways where the system fails the people who need to be rehabilitated. Yeah. In Michael Myers' case, obviously this doesn't make a difference, but it is fair to criticize our correction system, yeah. whether you're talking about juveniles or adults or whatever, if the goal is rehabilitation, we fail at that. Yep. I feel for Michael Myers actually in that scene, because if he doesn't know and he doesn't feel like he's getting better and he doesn't know the problem, how? Yeah. I don't know what to say. I don't know what else to say. It no. almost feels like
0: this experience pushes him to the next level. Oh, definitely. So this level of isolation definitely. Yeah. makes it worse. It's just this perfect storm of, Unfortunateness. yes uh, a
1: series of unfortunate events you absolutely. could say absolutely <laughs> so
0: deborah gives michael a picture of him and angel and he's gonna hold on to that forever but deborah and dr loomis are gonna leave for the day and he gets left alone with a nurse played by civil danning and he just stabs her to death we don't really see too much of it but he just he just stabs her he's like made a prison shank basically out of a spoon i think it was just a fork uh i thought it, i thought it looked like a shank I don't know. Maybe it wasn't for... Either way. Yeah, she she got stabbed in the neck. Yep. So for this nurse, rule number two, constant vigilance. Rule number three, do your damn job. Rule number one, you got to know you're in a horror movie. Every day at this facility, if you're dealing with dangerous, murderous inmates, every day is a horror movie. Yeah. So this is a whole one, two, three. Uh, the one, two, three punch. Which is funny because all of the, these are the first three rules and they all came from the original Halloween. They all came from the original Halloween. So that's kind of funny. So that's it for this nurse, but... Dr. Loomis and Deborah, they hear this this crisis happening. They come in and Michael's just lost it. They see the true monster really for the first time. They actually get to witness it. And this is too much for Deborah, And she goes home and shoots herself. It's rough. You know, she's lost her oldest child. She's basically lost her second child. You know, we're going to find out later that everybody like accused her of being like the devil's mother. Yeah. It's a lot going on. It sucks.
1: Yeah. And it's it's just more to the, the dark backstory yeah. of not just Michael, but this entire
0: family. Yep so but yeah if you're feeling that way rule number 17 never give up the next thing you try might work never give up it sucks it's sad uh i I like the first half of this movie there's some feels in here it 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 it, it is good like i said i would have preferred a whole movie like this that'd have been fun That would actually i think i would have too i think i would have liked a whole movie that just takes place child michael losing it. it all takes place in smith's grove and maybe it ends here's the end of the movie Uh, the breakout is the end of the movie. That's the climax. Exactly, And setting up the original. It's not a a remake. This is a prequel.
1: And that's exactly what I think that it should have been. And especially after you walked me back, because when I first started talking about this, I was thinking about where we were and how it ended and how it was basically like dark, gritty, soft reboot. Mm -hmm. Not a scene for scene remake, but the beginning stuff was way more interesting. Like I can see him going to Smith's Grove. You know, he has his second incident and... (laughs) you could almost turn it into a really dark version of the movie holes where he does have some contact with other juvenile inmates and maybe he's getting bullied again. Mm. And some kids are scared of him. Some are bullying him. He ends up as like the the leader of this pack of kids and then cut to whatever you want to make happen. I mean, I'm writing this as I'm talking. If you're a professional, you can go ahead and write this movie Please do it. There's I, a movie here. I, I would watch it. But then, yeah, you know, you can cut forward 15 years and the movie ends with basically what happens in his life before, what happens at Smith Grove. It all adds up to what we've already seen. That way we don't have to see it all again. I think it a better, better,
0: better movie. I like it. I sent off on this. Ryan, they should hire us. Yes, they should. So we cut to 15 years later and we, uh, there's new orderly Noel uh, who's being shown the ropes by Ishmael. And Noel end, ends up not mattering at all, but he actually is in plays a pretty important role in the on uh, in the director's cut. But in the theatrical version, he's in one scene and doesn't matter at all. So uh, I wrote his name down because I'd only seen the director's cut before. I'd never seen the theatrical version. I'm Like, oh, he, I guess he just doesn't matter anymore, which is a good thing. Yeah, because he sucks. But Ishmael is still pretty protected. Michael overall, so he's still nice to Michael. It's Not gonna get him very far, but you know, Michael hasn't said a word in 15 years. Not since he stabbed the nurse to death, basically, that day. I think it the last day he said anything.
1: Yeah, so clearly he's taken Ishmael's advice
0: to heart. Yes. And Dr. Loomis visits him again, and he they, they talks to Michael. And it's kind of interesting, because Loomis considers Michael his best friend, which is much different than how Donald Pleasant played the character. And I think that shows throughout the movie. Later, when he shoots Michael, he seems really torn up about it. I think he genuinely does care about Michael, which is an interesting element. I like it. That And, yeah, that is something that I do like better i'm glad i'm glad that we're doing this because i
1: can see bits and pieces that i do like better because Mm -hmm. if you spend every day with someone for 15 years or the majority of days with someone there's going to be connection there's going to be uh, hesitation Mm -hmm. confusion conflicting feelings yep and you don't really get that in the first one you just kind of get you know, Donald Pleasant saying he is the embodiment of
0: pure evil. Loomis hates Michael and that's it. That's the character. And that's fine. But I just like this different approach this time around. Yeah. But Loomis has decided he needs to move on. He can't keep doing this. He's made no progress in 15 years and he needs to move on with his life. In the meantime, Loomis has written a book all about Michael and he he gives. we see him giving a presentation on it. He's going to get a lot of criticism. Basically, he's like, oh, you wrote this for the blood money. You know, you're, uh, you wrote this book, but you're just trying to profit off people's deaths. And I didn't really get that sense. I think people are being too hard on Loomis. Maybe a bit too hard, but I do think that
1: the cover of the book was very, yeah. Like, like he had a picture of ten year old Michael on the cover of the book with yeah. like the bloody letters. It, you know, it 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 did seem a little bit tasteless, but it 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 doesn't ultimately lead to anything in this movie.
0: Yeah. It doesn't. It, it'll play a big part of the sequel. Sure, and I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. So the, I just want to set that up now because that's a storyline that'll continue. Got it. So. We meet these four security guards who uh, they're getting ready to move Michael. One of them is played by Bill Mosley, uh, Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Derek's Ugh. favorite movie. Ugh. Security is my life.
1: Ugh, just, uh. Dude, I love Bill Mosley. He's the best. But hey, Ryan, we've got security guards. Yep. Are, are they going to make you guys look
0: good? Oh, we'll Finally? see. We'll see. What could go wrong? But their job, they got to move Michael. They're moving him through some security doors. He's all chained up. He's got a bunch of chains on him. And they're moving him through these doors. One security room at a time. Kind of like an airlock system, almost. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's just multiple checkpoints. Yep. And we got three guards with guns, and then we have one waiting at the end. All these people are armed. Great. Rule number five is lock and load. Cool. We're there. And he's, and he's theoretically restrained. Yep. And as far as we know, Michael hasn't done anything violent since he killed that nurse 15 years ago. However, he is six foot eight yep. and built like a tank. Yes. But... He, he, Michael's immediately just gonna break these chains like they're nothing if he hasn't done anything in the past I you know if these I, I would assume this is the best change they have just because he's such a huge guy so I you know I don't know if this is a failing on the hospital itself or what but Michael's able to just break through these things like they're nothing I would definitely go to their uh,
1: chain supplier yeah. and uh, sue yes because they probably promised that this would hold yeah you know hold someone.
0: But Michael is able to break free, and he immediately just kills two of the guards before they can do anything. For these first two guards, I think it was just, you know tough timing. One of them was Bill Mosley too. You know, you just got to be a little bit more careful. You know, rule number three: do your damn job. But it, it's tough. They, they, you know, there's, there's, hard, you know, I can't really pick a specific point over what they did wrong. I'm going to say that the first two did nothing wrong. Yeah.
1: Because if he's never done it before, you don't know that he can break the chains. Yep. Yep. If he goes for the gun first and you're still trying to figure out how he broke the chains, well, he broke the chains and went for the gun Yep. too late. And by the way, this checkpoint is a very tight and yep. closed space. It's not like there was anywhere to retreat to. Exactly. I mean, this this thing was like 60 square feet. I mean, it was eight feet by eight. It was tiny. It was a tiny little box. Where I have problems is actually with this next part yes. because uh, it was the one security guard left. She has a shotgun. Yep. And she stands like in his face. Well,
0: it, even worse than that is she opens that last security door. Yeah. When she didn't need to.
1: I never even thought about
0: that. She opens this door, if she just let him shut and kept the kept Michael contained. You know, that rule number three, do your damn job. Don't let them out. That's your job. You're not supposed to let the the inmates out. And she lets the inmate out.
1: I was gonna say, what's the best case scenario of you opening this door? You shoot him. You shoot him and he
0: dies and You'll throw it one hell of an instant Yeah. <laughs> that's a long night at the office so she needed to just keep that closed and just keep the gun training on him if he busts through then shoot him just back up a little bit give yourself some some space but she doesn't do that uh she opens the door and fires but michael uses the third guard as a human shield and he takes the shot and gets killed
1: well and we have a rule about this keep your distance
0: yeah and again for that guy he's kind of screwed no not the guy i'm talking the other lady the lady um yeah the one who opened the door you have a ranged weapon. Yep. Rule number 40 is keep your distance. She did not need to get that close to Michael to take the shot. In fact, if she had stayed back a little bit, she might have lived.
1: And, you know, to her credit, she does take the shot. Yep. But she put herself into the situation of needing to take the shot. I think that a defensive maneuver here is better.
0: Yep. Rule number 22 is take the shot. She does that, but she put herself into a worse position to take the shot, which she didn't need to.
1: Right, especially if survival is the name of the game, yeah. which it is. You have a job to do, but even this is getting to be beyond your pay grade yeah. a little bit.
0: And this is even a
1: little bit of rule number eight. Don't leave your shelter. It's, it's a little bit... <laughs> don't, don't let them leave their shelter. But yeah, it, it's the, the, the door same door kind thing. of works
0: as a shelter. You're separated from Michael, and she opens it, and she, she allows them into her area, and she gets killed. And sorry, I'm just going to keep
1: piling them on, but, like, use your environment. This is a mental hospital, and you had a locked door. Secure secure door. A secured door. And you're just like, hey, look at this greatest advantage to my life right now. How about I just surrender it? Rule 41,
0: use your environment to your advantage. Exactly. I haven't even listened to that podcast yet, Ryan. (laughs) Yep, that just came out today. So it's not good for for her. So Ishmael arrives, and we see, like, three bodies in the ground. Uh, of different employees we can't say anything about them because we, we didn't see them get killed but Ishmael finds them so he rule number one Ishmael you're in a horror movie Michael's directly behind him yeah and so because of his friendship he has with Michael he like talks call me to him and he's like okay, I'm just gonna put the handcuffs on you Mikey and we're gonna put you back and he's like just starting to put the handcuffs on and Michael grabs him and tries drowning him and that doesn't work and then drops a tv on him so Ishmael's dead but if I'm Ishmael at this point I'm like okay Michael you're good I'm not gonna do anything you can go man you know, I know do your job is, you know, rule number th- is one of our rules, but at this point... It's not his job. He, yeah, he's... A, he's he's like, custodial. Yeah, he's basically custodial. Like, he goes into the cells and stuff, too, but at this point, I'm just like, yo, <laughs> we good? <laughs> I let Michael go. I was telling you
1: before this whole death scene started, I didn't know which direction the movie was going to take with this, because Michael's first couple kills are all... Vengeance in a way. Mm -hmm. There was, I I don't want to call it restorative justice because that's a positive thing, but in his mind, he was making it equal. Yeah. And Ishmael had always been nice to him. And I'm thinking, okay, well, this has been 15 years and he's been confined. I'm guessing they're going to say the last little bit of humanity, whatever made his killing fair before, was gone with the nurse. Yep. And I was right. So I'm not sure that he even survives, even if he does play nice, but I'm still with you. Uh, This is not your job. Do not put handcuffs on this guy. No. And in fact, just leave,
0: run, yeah. we run. Got, we got a couple of things here. We got rule number 40 is keep your distance. He gets up nice and close, perfect for Michael to grab him by trying to put the handcuffs on which is terrible. But rule number 11, get out. Get out! At this point, when you start fighting bodies and you see Michael Myers right behind you, it's time to go. Run! Yeah. Rule number uh, 28, run, bitch, run. Run, bitch! Run! Just go. It, it's it's time to leave. Yeah. But Ishmael, he gets dragged over to a sink, and Michael starts drowning him. And this doesn't end up killing him, but the whole time I was thinking, this is another rule. Rule number 23 is no one to play Mm possum. Just fake that you drown. Shake a little bit, and then like, oh, I'm dead. And then let Michael throw you on the ground and just pretend to be dead. And then maybe you live. I would say,
1: best case scenario, he thinks you're dead. Worst case scenario...
0: You die anyway. You die anyway. Michael ends up picking up a TV and dropping it on Ishmael's head and killing him.
1: It felt very anticlimactic, given that they actually built up his relationship with Michael sure. a little bit. But again, I felt like that was a, an artistic choice.
0: Yeah. So Dr. Loomis gets the call about Michael's escape. So now, Dr. Loomis, rule number one, you're in a horror movie. Yes. I mean, you've been in a horror movie, but you're really in a horror movie now. You're in this one. You're in the second act. So we get to this truck wash truck car wash yep and we meet joe grizzly who's played by horror legend ken Forey, who's just great so joe grizzly he gets out of his truck he goes to the bathroom and michael stands outside of his stall door and won't go away and so joe grizzly's like all right guess we're gonna fight that's pretty cool so he draws his knife rule number five lock and load also rule number one you're in a horror movie joe grizzly and in fairness he doesn't really have another option right now he's cornered and he's in a horror movie whether he likes it or not so he's Gonna just go for it. This is, this is not one of your rules, but I would just like to quote my good friend Columbus. Beware of bathrooms. Beware of bathrooms, yes. Uh, so Joe gets up, and he opens the stall door, and Michael's right there. And Michael jumps at him and not, gets the knife out of his hands. Rule number seven, don't leave your weapon behind. You gotta firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it. But in fairness,
1: yeah. Michael basically knocked down like the metal stall door. This is the most justified
0: break of this rule ever. And, and I mean, at this point, I it's, his arm is broken. Anybody else in Joe Grizzly's position basically gets their arm ripped off. I was, gonna, I feel like this is actually the closest thing we've seen to, like, a legitimate fight of strength with yeah. Michael Myers. Because Ken Foray is huge, but still not as big as Michael, and gets the knife taken away from him and gets stabbed to death. Yeah, uh, yeah it's brutal. They're knocking down st- the stall door of the the bathroom. It's great. It's a good fight. But that's gonna Joe, and, and Joe was pretty screwed. Yeah, you know it's technically a rule violation. Don't let your get, don't let your weapon get taken away from you. But it was gonna happen. There's no way out of this one.
1: You can maybe call it a, a half, a half yeah. break.
0: Yep, and he did better than anybody else would in that situation. So, yep, uh, it's a real Kobayashi Maru no one scenario so that's the end of Joe and Michael takes his like trucker outfit so now my now we got full we got we got Michael in his, his costume we're, we're getting that now yeah
1: we don't we don't have the we don't have the face yet no
0: nope, we're but. but we're getting there uh, we're getting a, a new skin for Michael <laughs> new playable <laughs> the, skin the, the DLC the DLC so we go to Haddonfield and it we meet Lori Strode and her parents uh, Cynthia and Mason Strode and Cynthia is played by D Wallace of every 80s horror movie mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most famously, uh, she played Elliot's mom in E.T. And it's from this point on, it's not quite beat for beat Halloween, the original, but there's a lot of similarities. It's it's the same movie. It's, it's basically Force Awakens to A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah even that's think a little... A little <laughs> it's... That's, that's. I wouldn't even say that's accurate. It's It's much more closer to Halloween than The Force is to New Hope. Yeah, I'm making a joke. Okay. It's for the people, Ryan. God damn it. So Lori's dropping off a key at the Myers house just like before. Tommy jo- Doyle's going with her just like before because uh, Lori is the babysitter. Uh, but meanwhile, Michael returns to the house and he finds his mask and his knife and a floorboard there that he hid. Puts those on and he watches as Lori drops off the key. So then we go to school, we meet Lori, Annie, and Linda, and Annie's actually played by Danielle Harris, who played Jamie Lloyd in Halloween 4 and 5, and this time around she's playing Annie. Which is weird. It's weird, but it's fun. I'm like, I'm glad she's back, because she was like the best part of Halloween 4 and 5. That is very true. Um, so it's, she's good in this, too. Yes. Um, and she's a much better Annie than the original Annie. Also true. Um, but Annie was also worthless. Yeah, yeah. But it is weird, because we see her naked quite a bit in this movie, and it's it's weird. Just yeah,
1: it, it's, it's odd. It's weird. Um, but I, I I love that, like you said, how that she came back and she, yeah. not
0: re- reprised, but took on a new role. Took on a new role. roles back in the franchise after, you know, unceremoniously dumped for Hall- in, for, in Halloween 6. They uh, just recast her. Um, so it's good to have her back. But Lori sees Michael watching her from outside the library. Rule one, you're in a horror movie. So it is Halloween. But yes, there's a weird creep outside. It's just, you yeah,
1: be in your guard a little bit. I think, no, you see a weird, you see a weird creep outside. I don't remember. Were they at school? Yeah. They were in the library. Call the cops. Tell your teacher. Do something.
0: I don't know. That might be jumping to your
1: uh, No, 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 no. You see a creepy dude just like watching. Okay. All right. Maybe he's not looking at you. Maybe he's looking at the other
0: kids. Okay, sure, sure. Like, there's no reason not to report this guy. Okay, yeah, I I, I guess you're right. Yeah, just tell somebody, like, hey, there's some weirdo outside the school. Yeah, like, what's the worst thing that happens from just speaking up? All right, fair enough, fair enough. That's all I got. I'm with you. And Loomis is on his way to Haddonfield now as well. So Lori, Linda, and Annie are walking home, and they see Michael watching them again. Now rule number one, you're in a horror movie, guys.
1: If there was any doubt.
0: Yeah, but Linda and Annie just... Start talking shit and taunting him. That's a dangerous game to play. Yeah, that's uh, Rule 32. Play, yep, play stupid, stupid games. games. Win stupid prizes. And they're not going to win their stupid prize now. When they do get attacked by Michael, it's not because of this moment. They just happen to be in his way. Kind of. Which we'll get into. But like Linda is going to go into the Myers house and get killed. And I have no idea why Annie gets attacked. <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. But this, this doesn't end up mattering is what I'm saying, is this moment where they yelled at Michael. I don't think it has anything to do with anything.
1: Or maybe he's spiteful and angry. And, maybe. And if people bully him,
0: he's, all right, I don't like you. I, I think I'll kill you first. Uh, but Lori's got a good point. She gets mad at them, like, guys, he could have been crazy. He, what is he going to do? I don't know, but he could have done anything. Lori, you're exactly right. Don't just yell at random weirdos on the street. Who knows? If they, they could be just, like, methed out and come up and stab you to death. Don't, don't yell at anyone on the street. And if they're yelling at you, get out. Time to leave. I lived in Los Angeles for a couple of years, and you know, you run into some weirdos on the street, and they would like try and stop you and talk to you. And you know, maybe they're nice people who needed help, maybe they wanted to rob you, maybe they wanted to stab you. I don't know. I didn't stop to find out.
1: Yeah, and, okay. and in those cases, Ryan, you were following your own rule don't be a good Samaritan, yes, and stranger danger.
0: Yes, exactly right. Which is a rule here, a rule number 18, stranger danger. But what you do is you just, A, put headphones in, but don't turn on any music. That way you can hear your surroundings. But just keep walking. Don't make eye contact. Don't address them. Just keep going. What I like to do, if, I, if I'm if i
1: coming up on a precarious situation, I pull up my phone and pretend to talk on it. Yep. I hold my phone really tightly because sometimes they want to swat it out of your hand yep. so that they can pick it up. But, you know, just if you look like you know where you're going and you have a task, people tend to leave you alone more. Yep. If you acknowledge that's when you start to put yourself
0: in the spotlight yeah if you have some of that confidence that you know what you're doing know where you're going people are not gonna come after you as often yeah
1: so even if you don't know where you're going look like you know where you're going Think it till you make it now granted we're in haddonfield right now so it's a little bit different but you know this is just some real life tidbits in here same rules apply i mean
0: i think this can apply in any town any anywhere usa anywhere earth (laughs) mind your own business and don't engage. So Sheriff Brackett shows up, and he is played by Brad Dourif, uh, who's uh, known as Wormtongue in the Lord of the Rings movies, also as Chucky from the Child's Play movies. He's the sheriff this time around, Annie's dad, And he gives Annie a ride home. And then we get uh, the scene from the original where Loomis goes to the graveyard and talks to the groundskeeper, and they realize uh, Judith Myers' gravestone is missing, and there's a dead coyote there or a dead fox or something. Yeah, okay. Yep. Michael's in Haddonfield, we know it now. So Linda and Bob, Linda's boyfriend Bob, They go to the Myers house, which apparently is a very common thing. They go there to party. Uh, A lot of kids do that. But rule four, rule four, don't be menace. trespassing. trespassing. Nothing good can happen from going into abandoned buildings. Didn't they watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? (laughs) Clearly not. Nothing good can happen from doing this because what's going to happen is they're going to get killed. No one else is there. They can't really call for help because they're in an abandoned building. And this is just like Halloween 8 all over again. This is now a uh,
1: Home Invader movie, yep. and Michael is just defending himself. This one's much more efficient
0: and much better than Halloween 8. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> they go in there, and they have sex. Bob goes out to get some beer. Linda Linda calls Lori, just like in the first movie. Bob puts on a ghost sheet, and he's going to, you know, scare Linda. And Michael attacks him and stabs him to death. Don't be a menace. Don't go trespassing people's houses. And constant vigilance... But, again, it's always an asterisk with Michael Myers. So Michael puts on the ghost costume and goes to see Linda. You know, she gets annoyed because he's not really responding to her. He's kind of being a dick. She thinks it's Bob, obviously. So she goes up to get a beer from him and then turns her back on him. Rule number two, constant vigilance. Best case scenario, this is Bob playing a prank on you. Why would you turn your back on him?
1: Well, and also, this dude is six foot eight.
0: He doesn't really look much like Bob.
1: Your boyfriend ain't that tall. Not a, if he's wearing Abe Lincoln's hat, he's still not this tall.
0: This would have worked a lot better if it had been established that Linda wears glasses but doesn't like to wear them. Boom, problem solved. Uh, hire me as a screenwriter,
1: <laughs> or at least you know, uh, like an editor, or someone who comes in and like, how do how do we make this tie together? Oh, cool, we can just film something really easy later on. Like, oh,
0: she, I, I hate these glasses. Not, I hate wearing them.
1: Yeah, not great eyesight. Velma, yeah, yeah do yeah. Oh, Velma, jinkies,
0: I'd love it. <laughs> jinkies michael <laughs> you're um, really strong so she turns her back on him and michael strangles her to death rule number two constant vigilance rule number four don't be a menace yep so loomis goes out and buys a gun rule number five lock and load so that's good laurie and her mom are they're handing out candy and the dad comes outside and he's like a ah, lot of nutcases come out on halloween that's exactly right mason thank you
1: yeah they were handing out candy corn also gross so they deserve to die yeah and also michael was eating candy corn at the beginning of the movie. Oh my god. So that's actually what happened here.
0: No, oh, he just wanted candy corn and things got out of hand. No, no, he didn't want candy corn. He ate some, realized <laughs> oh, how bad it was. And killed everybody. And then killed everybody. That makes sense. Candy corn is the worst. So Annie arrives and she's here to pick up Laurie because they both got a baby still on the other side of town. Cynthia goes inside and Mason's about to go inside and Michael appears out of nowhere and you jumped. Yeah, I did. This movie is about to get jump scary. Yep. He forces Mason inside the house and it instantly kills him. Yeah, Mason had no chance. No.
1: I mean, the best you can come up with is constant vigilance. But again, always an asterisk with Michael Myers. Yep.
0: And so, Cynthia, you know, at least she she tries to roll five lock and load. She's got a fire poker, but Michael just kind of swats it out of her hands. And and she's 50-something. Yeah, she's got no chance against this guy. No. She tries to crawl away from him, but Michael ends up breaking her neck. Yeah, she had no chance. And she tried, but she had no chance. I don't understand how Michael knew. Yeah, I don't know how Michael knew to go here unless when he was watching them earlier he saw her go home michael's watching the, the, the girls walking home from school so maybe he saw Lori make it home maybe but how does how does he know that that's her we still we
1: still don't know how he knows anything or how he figures anything out
0: yeah it, it's true I, I we have no idea how he knows that i mean laurie is angel from the beginning
1: this is uh the
0: halloween series so it's stonehenge magic bullshit yeah i guess we'd never really figure out how he figured it out in the original either doesn't he have to play detective i don't know how he knows in the original I think he just knows whatever there's a connection yeah sure whatever Iron Man 3 style yeah but before she dies Cynthia Michael shows Cynthia a picture of Laurie and she's like just stay away from her and then when she won't help Michael find her he kills her so that's why but again don't know how he knows so cut to Laurie's babysitting Tommy Annie's across the street a couple houses down babysitting Lindsay Wallace but Annie's boyfriend Paul is coming over rule number three Annie do your damn job don't be having boys over and you're babysitting. Easy. This is like the one real Annie moment she has in this, this this time around. That's similar to the first movie.
1: True. True. It's like
0: the one time. And you knew that they had to separate them somehow and it was yeah. going to be classic teenager whatever bullshit. shenanigans. So Lindsay is brought over uh, across the street, but before they go, Michael is already in the Wallace house and I have no idea how he knows to go there. How did he get here? Magic Stonehenge bullshit. Yeah. doesn't make any sense. Loomis goes and sees Sheriff Brackett, who does not believe a word he's saying about the Michael situation. Classic. Yep. Do your damn job, Sheriff. All right? This is a doctor, not some nutcase.
1: Well, and also, let's use some common sense. It was Michael's, it was his mother's headstone, right?
0: No, it was his sister's headstone. Was it his sister's? Yeah, Yeah, I think so.
1: Whoever headstone it was, it was a direct relation. Michael Myers has escaped.
0: Don't be stupid. Put two and two together. Uh, Do your damn job, job, Sheriff. So Annie walks Lindsay over as Michael watches. So, at least he establishes he knows where the Doyle house is, I guess. And then Annie talks to Laurie about Ben Tramer and how she, Laurie needs a boyfriend. And then th- this time around, Laurie's like, yeah, I do need a boyfriend instead of the previous time. This doesn't matter, though. Like I said, I like the old Laurie Strode better. Jamie Lee Curtis
1: was way better.
0: Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis was way better. Absolutely. Uh, and,
1: and, and this was the point in the movie where I told you, my God, they were going for, like, late Millie's teenager. Yep. And... They nailed it. They nailed it. They, they, And I'm just, oh my God, it's like looking in a mirror. Yep. The, these dark times, Harry, dark times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm in this movie and I don't like it. <laughs> it. It was it was just real. I was just like. yeah. The dialogue between the teenagers per, feels pretty authentic. Yeah, and I hate it. Yeah, I hate I, it. I hate it. It's, it's bad. <laughs> so Annie's boyfriend, Paul, picks her up. Back at the sheriff's office, Brackett and Loomis are talking about Loomis's book. And the sheriff's like, yeah, I've read it. You're a piece of shit for writing this. I don't like you. And Loomis is like, Yeah, but okay, whatever. We still have a problem. Michael's here. Doesn't matter how you feel about me. We have a job to do. And he's like, I think he's here to find Angel the baby. And the sheriff's like, Well, oh shit, because here's what happened. He found the baby after Deborah killed herself, kind of omitted it from the report just so uh, that baby wouldn't grow up with the stigma. So, I mean, that's a nice thing to do to try and protect the kid. Gave it up for adoption, gave her up for adoption. And later found out the Strodes were the ones who adopted it. So he calls over to the Strodes. No answer. Rule number one, Sheriff, you're in a horror movie. Yeah. And it's too late. It's already too late. So Annie and Paul are making out. And Michael comes in and stabs Paul and just tosses him aside. Paul's dead. Paul had no chance. Zero. Yeah. There was nothing he could have done. Annie, on the other hand, doesn't act like Annie from the first movie. She does some stuff. She immediately runs for it. And she tries to go right out the front door. She tries to follow rule love and get out. She's screaming her head off. She's running for her life, but Michael grabs her and pulls her back in because Michael's huge. Yes. Okay, so now you're trapped back in the house. But she doesn't give up. Rule number 17: never give up. The next thing you try might work. She kicks him uh, and runs off. Uh, she gets a knife, rule number five, lock and load. She yeah. jumps on him, trying to get, you know, trying to do something, anything. Because at this point, like you're you're fucked. You gotta do something. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. She can't really do anything against Michael Myers because he's Tyler Maine. He's six foot eight and a million pounds. Yes. So he just kind of hits her and stuns her. She does basically everything right. Besides, you know, she should not have boys over at the babysitting. You know, maybe she would have been paying more attention if she wasn't making out with her boyfriend. You should have been babysitting. She <laughs> should have been babysitting. But he, Michael's already in the house regardless. Yeah. So, but I and he does a great job here. Considering this is a little, you know, considering the situation, five foot nothing Danielle Harris versus six foot eight Tyler Main, oh my God! Annie does great. Considering it's, it's it's hard, it's really hard, but I really admire the fight she puts up here. Yeah, go down swinging, and again we're up against Tyler Main's Michael Myers, the scariest one. So it's tough, but I, I like the scene for, mm-hmm. for Annie. It is it's good, so much superior to the original. Yeah. I, I don't think Annie deserves to win any kind of negative awards. Absolutely not. She, she will not be winning Night of the Living Club this time around.
1: Which is fitting for the actress.
0: Yes. So Lori walks Lindsay back over to her house. You know, it's been a while. Okay, like, she, Lori's probably thinking, all right, they, they banged enough. Let's, let's bring Lindsay back before we get caught. And they walk in, and they find Paul dead. Annie is still alive, though. Lori tells Lindsay, okay, get out. Go back to the house. Call the cops. Great. Get the kid out of harm's way. You're getting the cops involved, hopefully. Like, yes, splitting up isn't great, but this is a little kid. It's a little bit different. So I I, I like this movie. Get Lindsay out of here, and Laurie can focus on the house. I think this is fine. But she's a little too focused on Annie and not looking around. Rule number two, constant vigilance.
1: Well, and you walk in, and there are corpses. What makes you think—or sorry, there's a corpse and a very, very, very injured Annie. Yeah. What makes you think they're gone?
0: Yeah, that's that's a good that's a very good point. There's no reason to suspect that people aren't still here.
1: I mean, this this feels a little bit like, uh, which which movie did we watch where it was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt Halloween going, Seven? It was Halloween Seven where they go into the house and it was the nurse. Yep.
0: It feels like that. And you're only 33. Never assume you're safe. Yeah, there was somebody in this house. Yep, very obviously. So, but it'd be different if Annie was dead because at that point you just run for it. But I can get she wants to help her best friend. But she should be looking around. Yeah. A little bit more. Y- guess what? You are no use to Annie Dad. Yes. Exactly right. So Lori goes and calls the police. And she gets through and does manage to tell the address. That's great. But Michael appears. And Annie's trying to warn her. And Lori's not paying attention because she's talking on the phone. Rule two, constant vigilance. Yeah. And she's shouting, and this isn't that big of a house. She's in the next room. Like we can hear her, just Lori's not listening.
1: Now I can't really put all of this on Annie because she's pretty like deranged at this point. Oh yeah. She's sliced up. But I wish she would have said something other than Lori. Yeah. Say like he's here. They're here. Watch out. That's a good point. Like but she's also not in a very great state.
0: State of mind, yeah. Yeah. Well, state of mind or state of body or state of anything. So Michael attacks Laurie at this point, and Laurie gets away. The back door's locked, but she just throws a chair through and escapes. Rule number eleven, get out. Well, yeah, and that was good. And seventeen,
1: door was locked, so break it down. Next thing you try my work. That that was a uh, very uh, is it Sally in Texas Chainsaw yep. Massacre? Very Sally esque Sally
0: would just jump straight through it. True, but if you don't have to do that, yeah, don't do it. Don't do it unless you have to.
1: I want. To, by the way, I want to start calling if you're jumping from high high places, you know, or getting off the roof. <clears throat> Halloween eight. Pulling a Sally. Pulling a
0: Sally, yeah. I'm going to start calling that Pulling a Sally. Yeah, she's the first one who did it in like the horror chronological chronology. Like, as Texas Chainsaw's like the second horror movie. <laughs> like, so Lori's running down the street screaming. And interestingly, this in the original Halloween, this is where we got our Brandy Meeks Merit Badge with the, the neighbor who just kind of ignored Lori. And we just cut them out of the movie this time. They're not a character. Lori doesn't stop at any other houses along the way. Yep. So no no neighbor this time around. We
1: will not be having any repeat winners. Not here
0: So she gets back to the Doyle house, and Tommy lets her in. They lock the door behind them, and Michael arrives. And Lindsay has called the police as well. So they all run upstairs. Rule number 15 is don't run upstairs. Go out the back door. Yeah. Seriously, go out a window. And and Michael's not in the house yet. Yeah, he's coming in, but you have a little bit of time.
1: Now, again, this is Tyler Main's Michael Myers. He just
0: busts the door down yeah. like it's nothing. But still, you know, go, what are you going to do when you go upstairs? What's going to happen? Nothing good. You can pull a Sally. You can pull a Sally, but you don't want to pull a Sally unless you have to. <laughs> You've got two little kids. That is a last case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, worst case scenario. Rule number 11, get out. Just, just
1: get out of here. There's a,
0: be- there's a better way. There's a better way to do this. They all run upstairs and they lock themselves in the bathroom. Again, what is that going to do?
1: Nothing. You just saw them break down the front door. And by the way, exterior doors are engineered to be much stronger than your
0: typical interior door, yep. Especially because this one's glass. This is why, you know, I hate the hide. You know, run, hide, fight. Hiding is so almost worthless. And this is like the best example of that.
1: You know, hiding is good. If the person coming after you isn't after you, yeah I mean if uh, if you're in an office, if you're and... a background character <laughs> yeah if you, if you're if you're a red shirt and you're the neighbors that's that's the right move you, yeah. you know you ignore and you hide you go on your merry way. don't get between the the hunter and the prey. Don't engage yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't be a good Samaritan. Yep. so many rules the neighbors followed un- unintentionally yeah. in just one quick moment. But, I mean, if you're in an office setting and, let's say, you have, like, active shooter, you can hide. You can because, you know, you know the building. That's different. you know, Right. So, you know, that's a different kind of horror movie, obviously. But, like, you're saying, I mean, Michael Myers is coming for you. Hiding, honestly, that just puts you at, like, a mobility. You lose time. And if they find you, there's probably no way out. It's a waste.
0: Hiding is stupid. Anyway, we have these two police officers arrive. They enter the house. And the first thing they do is break rule number 19, don't split up, gang.
1: Let's split up and look for
0: clues. They also don't follow rule number 12, wait for backup. Now, granted, there's two of them, but still, you know, a few more guys would be nice.
1: They also don't turn the lights on. I'm going to assume Michael cut the power, but they don't
0: don't do anything to help themselves. So one cop goes upstairs, one stays on the first floor. And the cop comes up to the bathroom and is like, hey, unlock the door. You know, there's nobody here. How do you know? You haven't even like cleared any of the other rooms in the house. No. This this was very, very poor tactics. Rule number three, do your damn job, Copper.
1: Yeah. This is terrible. And if you don't know how to do your job, wait for backup. Wait granted for backup. granted, Lori and the kids are dead or caught if they do that. Yeah, but the cop but, lived. But for their survival Yep. Terrible.
0: <laughs> this was bad. They were they were they were bad. So before Lori can unlock the door, Michael shows up and, and stabs the first cop to death. Dumbass. Whatever. A lot of rule violations for him. And the second cop comes upstairs, shoots him once, but doesn't follow rule number six. Double tap. Keep shooting. Rule number 22. Take the shot. You have more bullets. Yeah, you know, yeah, cool. You
1: followed the rule one time. Police procedure. But they come in at you. You can shoot.
0: Ugh, it's so bad. And so Michael just stabs the second cop to death. It's trash. And then Michael comes back, kicks the bathroom door down, picks up Lori and just drags her out of the house and walks off down the street with her. So, Michael's not necessarily trying to kill Lori. Nope we, we don't know what his motives are. Yeah, I, that's the thing with this movie is uh, Michael is not trying to kill Lori. Yeah. Uh, which is one interesting twist I like. Unfortunately for Lori, she's getting taken to a secondary location. Yes, And all of her terrible mistakes here, which there was a lot, it, it leads to, yes, rule number 38, don't let yourself get taken to a secondary location. She's very fortunate that Michael's not trying to kill her.
1: Yeah, and it, it's a little bit different because she's knocked unconscious. Yeah. So, you know, at that point... You don't really have much of a choice. But, but she, she put herself in the bathroom. And she didn't put up a, any kind of a fight. I mean, there are mirrors in there. Break the glass and you've got shards. Like There are other options.
0: Hit him in the balls. Do something. Do something. <laughs> Pokes with stick. Do something. <laughs> so Annie is still alive. And we're not going to see her again, but she survives this movie. An ambulance shows up to take her away. The sheriff arrives with Loomis. And they're like, oh, okay. So the sheriff's going to take care of her. But Tommy and Lindsay arrive and basically tell Loomis what's happening, that Michael took Laurie. And so Loomis goes off on his own. Loomis, rule number 12, wait for backup. So go off on your own. I mean, I get what you're doing, but don't go off on your own here, man. This is not a good call. Yeah, he feels like time is of the essence, yep. but th-
1: there's a better move here.
0: Yes. Bring bring somebody with you. There were cops. There were cops. Multiple. So third act begins with Laurie waking up in the Myers house. Linda's body's there. Judith's gravestone is there. And Michael arrives. And he puts down his knife. Rule number seven, Michael, don't leave your weapon behind.
1: Firmly grasp
0: it. Takes off his mask and shows her the photo of him and her when they were little kids. And Lori's got no idea what this means. No clue. What? She does something really clever. What she does is she kind of like, it's like, hey, I want to help you. I want to I help you. She like talks to him, calms him down, and then grabs the knife and stabs him with it. So I guess this is rule number 22, take the shot. She sees an opportunity and, and stabs Michael with his own knife. It's great. Great move for Lori. I mean, it, and it definitely falls under 17. I mean, yep. you never give up. Like, hey, you know what? What's your best option She's here? trapped in a basement with this guy, but she finds a way. Yeah. Lori has had a rough first chunk of this movie, and she's better in this part of the movie. I mean, this is the best move of the, the movie, in yeah. my opinion. For her, at the very least. Yeah. If not overall. So Lori stabs him and she runs for it. She's gonna, in the neck, by the way. This, yep, the
1: this isn't like your typical. They, you know, kind of stab him in the side,
0: drop the knife, and run away banging on a door. Yeah, she's going to just get out. The door's locked, but she just rips off all these boards. She just brute forces her way through. And then on the other side, there's a gate and she, like, forces her way through that.
1: Yeah, just like the Velociraptor in Jurassic Park. She just kind of rips the, the chain link yep. off and crawls through. And by the way, at this point, Michael Myers is Michael's awake again, and,
0: and he's pissed off. And and then finally, she escapes the basement overall because she's tiny and just crawls out through the little thing that uh, Mike wouldn't be able to fit through. Yeah. So it it kind of reminds me of Casino Royale a little bit, the, the, the parkour chase, where the one guy is doing all these, like, ooh, I'm so parkour-y, and I can jump through all these little gaps, and I'm so athletic. And then James Bond just falls behind him and just bursts right through brute forces his way through everything. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that. Two different approaches, and they both are effective.
1: Or Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow and the Hulk chasing yeah. her yeah, in basically. the yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's another one. <laughs> oh, and Michael's put his mask back on at this point as well. Yeah. So Laurie, unfortunately, doesn't look where she's going. Remember, two: constant vigilance. And she falls into this dried up swimming pool, which you cracked up. Oh, uh, I was like, of course. This is hilarious. She's screaming for help. Michael arrives and he's going to go into the pool. Uh, but Loomis also arrives, and he's screaming at Michael to stop. Uh, he's ignoring Loomis, and Michael fires three bullets into Michael. He takes his shot. He doesn't want to. Like You can tell this is painful for him because he likes Michael. In a weird way. In a weird way. It's, it's his best friend.
1: Yeah. Odd relationship. Odd
0: relationship. Michael collapses, and Loomis gets Laurie out of the pool. And the, this is kind of simple to think it's the end of the movie. Uh, Loomis, Who's that the boogeyman. Yep. Loomis puts her in the squad car, puts his jacket on her. Which the gun is in his pocket, so the gun is now on Laurie's possession. It's in the car as well, and they have that, the classic end of the original Halloween, was that the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, I believe it was, kind of thing. And then Michael's back, and he attacks and drags Laurie out of the car. (laughs) Yeah,
1: saw that one coming from a country
0: mile. Yep. So they get into the house, and Loomis follows, and Michael just tosses Laurie aside and attacks Loomis, and it looks like he crushes his skull. And as far as we know, this kills Loomis in this movie, but no, Loomis survives. He's in the next movie.
1: In fairness, this isn't the first time that we've brought
0: Loomis back from yeah, the dead. And then maybe maybe that was an homage to that. Maybe. But Loomis, rule number thirty, don't be a good Samaritan. Also keep your distance. Yeah, also yeah, rule number forty, keep your distance. Like we get I know Loomis's goal isn't necessarily to survive here, it's to stop Michael. But he did put himself in Harbin's way big time, way more than uh, Loomis in the original ever did. Well, and
1: again, I'm going to say it before, like, even if we're looking at motives, you are no use to Laurie dead. Mm-hmm. And you and the, you had no plan. Yep. Old Loomis always had either a plan or a gun or both.
0: And, he, you know, he had no hesitation. He was going to shoot and shoot and shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Loomis kind of puts himself in uh, tricky spots because he, he has a fondness for Michael, so... I do like Malcolm McDowell, but uh, Donald Pleasance's doctor is the smarter doctor.
1: Yeah, As far as survival yeah. is concerned, yes. Yeah.
0: So, Lori hides inside the walls of the house, and Michael's looking for her. And Lori can't stop making noises. Ugh, don't give away your position. Yep, that is rule number 26. Don't give that away. And now, by the way, if you're, if you're in real life,
1: breathing can become hysterical. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to control. And if you've ever had a moment like that, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. There are techniques for your breathing that might be able to help with this. It's inhale in, count to four, exhale out, count to four all through your nose. And it's supposed to help not only with your nerves, but just with your body getting back into some sort of regulation, right. normalization that allows you to control your panic, which is rule 10, don't panic. Yep. So if you're panicking... You can try breathing techniques if you're given the opportunity, which I don't like crawling into a wall. You're kind of in a corner. Yep. And we've already talked about how you're the target. Hiding isn't really great for you here.
0: Yeah, I think she goes upstairs too, by the way.
1: I think she goes upstairs as
0: well. 15 dook upstairs.
1: So she's already broken a lot of rules to get here, but given that she does have a, I don't, (laughs) don't mean to make a joke out of it, but like a bit of a breather. Mm-hmm. Collect yourself. Come up with what comes next. Don't just sit here and wait for everything
0: else to come to you. Yep. She sees Loomis's gun, gets it back as Michael's kicking down a nearby wall, trying to find her, and she's going to have a death grip on this gun for the rest of the movie, which is very good. Rule number seven: Don't leave your weapon behind, and she she never leaves the gun behind for the rest of this film. No. Nope. She decides to go into the attic for which, some reason, which
1: made no sense. You have the gun.
0: Yeah. Uh, just shoot. Take the shot. Take the shot. Rule twenty two. Take, take, the, take shot. the shot.
1: I mean, there was a point where she was just sitting there, looking right up
0: at Michael. Yep. Just it's a ma- it, it's a revolver. Just shoot. 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 Don't go upstairs. Uh, Michael starts turning through the ceiling. She ends up falling into another room. Then she stands up, points the gun at him, and Michael just straight up charges her, pulls a real Sally move. Yeah, and, they, they pull a Sally, and the two of them fall out the window and onto the ground outside.
1: And very classic, like off the uh, like the upstairs porch.
0: Yeah. So the final scene of the movie, is Lori wakes back up. She's laying on top of Michael, holding the gun, holding the gun. She's not let this thing go, and she fires three times. No, you know, those are the three shots that Loomis had already fired because the revolver spins. And finally, the fourth time, she files a bullet straight into Michael's head. Unfortunately, she does not follow. Rule number six: double tap. Michael's gonna come back for the next movie. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. This does not kill Michael. This does not kill Michael. But she fires a bullet point blank, and the movie ends with her screaming. And that is the Halloween remake. Well, I don't have any new rules for the Halloween remake. Um, Shocker, it's a remake. We treaded a lot of the same ground. Yeah, with a lot of the same violations. Yep, some even more so. So let's get into the awards. First, we have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, which goes to the character who did the best job at surviving the movie. This is, of course, based off Randy from Scream, the best movie character of all time.
1: There are certain rules. That one must
0: abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Derek, you have a nomination for the writing me spare batch. In the the first Halloween, it went to the neighbor. The neighbor's not in this movie. So we have to find somebody
1: new. (laughs) So I'm going to come at this from a maybe different angle. But I'm going to say Annie. Because she actually fights back and survives. More because Michael wants to use her as bait. Yep. But really she doesn't make a ton of mistakes in this movie and the only mistake that she made was before she knew she was in a horror movie yep i'll say two mistakes because she shouted at a stranger
0: yeah but i I don't think that ended up being relevant but yeah you're right
1: so two minor mistakes in there but she tried something did something and in end she ended up surviving i don't think there's any standout performer in this movie i think if you were a competent character, you didn't have a chance to
0: showcase it. Mm-hmm.
1: And if you were an incompetent character, you didn't have enough time to
0: overcome that. Yeah, So many characters in this movie were, like, they figured out they were in a horror movie and died, like, instantly. Yeah. The two main characters, Lori and Dr. Loomis, made a ton of mistakes. Yeah. So I can't give it to either one of them, so I have to agree with you. I think it's Annie. She doesn't get a ton of to do, but her one big sequence was really impressive, especially considering her opponent. Uh, she jumps at Michael with a knife and tries to stab him. That's awesome. You know, it obviously doesn't work for her, and the only reason she survives this movie is because Michael chooses to let her live.
1: Yeah, like don't don't get us wrong. It's uh, not a...
0: everybody in this movie is outmatched. Yes, and 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 but that's same with Doctor Loomis and Laurie as well. The only reason that they survive is because Michael lets them live. The only people who survive this movie are the ones that Michael decides to let live. <laughs>
1: which is an interesting plot point because in this one there was that implication
0: that maybe he was more selective yeah so you know maybe michael should win the award this time around but i don't want to do that (laughs) uh you know uh, honorable mention to michael myers this time because he just he had everybody beat really like he was just very impressive performance but i annie is the true winner here which is so funny because in the original movie annie was just the worst hey but didn't jamie win it before uh, yes. Now, this is interesting, because this is Daniel Harris's second time winning the award, but playing a different character. So but in the same franchise. But in the same franchise. It's bizarre. But yeah, this... Daniel Harris is now a two-time winner of the Randy Meeks Merit Badge. Congratulations, Daniel Harris. We'll probably get her again, honestly, because she's a real scream queen. She's in tons of horror movies. I, I'm happy. Yeah, I think it's funny that Annie wins it. But uh, given what she... the scenario she's put in, I think Annie does the best job.
1: And you know what? Thank you, Mr. Zombie, for, uh giving her a little bit of redemption because she was pretty much worthless in the first one. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, oh, God, Annie sucked in the original. She won our other award the first time out, in Night of the Living Club Award, which goes to the worst character, or the character does the worst job at following the rules. And this is, of course, based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead, the worst character of all time. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Annie won this award in the original Halloween. Obviously, she's not winning it this time. So, Derek, you have a nomination for the United Living Club Award.
1: I would like to throw out a nomination for the two cops who enter the house.
0: I am on the exact same page as you. I
1: I think the combination of everything they did wrong adds up to the biggest foul, because they knew they were going into a really bad situation. They had been on the call. They were calling out the house as being clear, even though it clearly was not clear. They split up. They had absolutely no constant vigilance. One of them got snuck up on and basically killed immediately, and the other one took one shot at a charging seven-foot man who just killed his partner. Yeah, double tap, dude. I, I mean, I think there's an argument out there for Lori. I, I do think there's an argument Lori's out not there. Great. But.
0: She does some stuff right.
1: Everything that these cops do from the second they enter the scene
0: is wrong. Yeah, they the make cop, every wrong move. The cops are have a zero percent. They zero percent this. And Lori she makes a ton of mistakes, but she does some stuff right. The cops are trash.
1: Is there anybody from the first act of this movie that we... Because that's kind of like its own separate you other, could, like, other movie. You could throw a
0: Ronnie or a Wesley or a Judith in there because they're such dicks. But
1: they didn't know they were in a horror yeah,
0: not movie. not really. Not until it was too late.
1: And, and so, because when I was I was thinking about Ronnie in particular, because he's just a horrible person, mm-hmm. and, and I love these horrible people to win these awards, mm-hmm. but they... I, he got drunk and passed out. Yeah, that's not really enough to win the award. And, and, and you know what? Yeah, he was a crappy person, and the movie was serving its version of karma to him. Yep. But he didn't know he was in a horror movie.
0: Either. Yep. He he should have, but he didn't. But these cops, they just do everything wrong. Yeah. It's uh, utter failure on every level for them. So. Do they even have names? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'd have to look it up. But uh, the two cops and towards the end of the movie that go into Tommy Doyle's house they are the night of the living plebs but they're not so living anymore they're not so living anymore
1: okay can't well, believe we were on the same page for that yeah
0: we were on exactly the same wavelength so Derek I am assuming since we only have two Halloween movies left you're going to keep going with this franchise and see the utter weirdness that is Halloween 2 the remake yeah I'm scared but we'll, Bizarre uh, movie. we'll, we'll do it alright and that goes onto the wheel because now it's time to spin the wheel uh, the Wheel of Spooks. And here's what's on there right now. Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Tron of the Court 5, Fields of Terror. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, The Next Generation. The Halloween 2 remake, which is the 10th film in the series. Child's Play 3, Leprechaun 2, Saw 4, and Friday the 13th Part 3. Derek, go ahead and spin the wheel. All right. That gives us Saw 4. Deal with some Jigsaw. We need to be doing a little Saw action. That's not exciting because Saw is kind of trash, but uh, I think every movie on the wheel at this point is, is, is trash. So that's just dandy.
1: Even Halloween 2, the remake? Yeah,
0: Halloween 2, the remake, is a bad movie. Oh, boy. Yep. Hooray. Not the worst one on here. the worst one on here is probably Leprechaun 2. Best one on here is probably an Emerald Street 5, but none of these are, are good. <laughs> so if this is just... Fantastic. Okay, so uh, Jake Johnson will be coming back to do is Safor, uh, the great star of New Girl. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> so he'll be back for that. that will be really fun. Derek, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. This um, was a weird one. Yeah, this was a weird one. It's going to get weirder. You can follow us on on Twitter at HowToHorror and on Instagram at HowToSurvive a Horror Movie. Go ahead and check those out. This has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast. Stay safe out there.
1: Uh, <coughs> uh. <coughs>